Welcome, welcome everyone to another installment of, of The Stones Will Cry Out. As you may know if you've followed along, uh, in Luke 1940, uh, the people are coming into the uh, coming into Jerusalem with Jesus, and they're crying out, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he, he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees go to Jesus and they say, tell him to be quiet. And Jesus says, if I tell him to be quiet, the stones will cry out. So we're here at the St. Joseph's Evangelization Network, here on St. Joe's Radio, to be able to talk about what that means for each one of us. Each one of us has a personal parable. And at different times in our life, Jesus is trying to tell that story, the story of a parable in our lives, to show him and to spread his word and to spread the gospel throughout the world. So it's certainly my pleasure to have my dear friend and fellow deacon, Deacon Mark Guilford here with me today. Uh, we, we really didn't talk about this ahead of time, which is wonderful, which is perfect, because Mark's willing to go out and tell anybody, this is what Jesus wants you to know. So Jesus has put something on Mark's heart, and I'm really interested to hear what this is going to be today. So welcome, Mark. Welcome. Good to see you. Great Good to, to see you, here. my Thank friend. You. So, so uh, I ask you kind of out of the clear blue. This wasn't too long ago, but I knew the Lord had has something on your heart to tell. And although this isn't your life story, you you have a, quite a nice twist and turn here that you might be able to share with us. I know a little bit about that. So, uh, uh, what would I, I know? It's a big subject, but but uh, what is the impetus uh, by by the Lord putting something on your heart that you that you want to tell me? Because we're just going to have a cup of coffee. What's this about? Um, I think it's uh, after we discussed it a little bit, and I thought about it. It was like the conversions and different things that happened, but then. Uh, just as we've talked, uh, you know, today, I was asking the Holy Spirit where it was also leading us. Oh, what a great suggestion. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit. So, okay, is that something you do a lot of? I try to, I do a lot more of it. As I've walked on my journey, oh. I've started to learn that I can listen to the Spirit. When I'm, I used to think when I started, even as a deacon 20 years ago, that, oh, I'll just ask Jesus and something will happen instead of asking to get an answer. Oh, okay. So you were laying it at his, at his feet, but not really so much partnering with him. Is that, am I understanding that right? Exactly. Oh, it would be okay. intercessorily praying mm -hmm. and expecting and knowing there would be a response, but not knowing what it would be. And or that you would be involved in it necessarily. Exactly. So, so I, I don't want to leave this alone because it's so wonderful. You're, you hear uh, the Lord's voice. And either either in images or, or words, and you were praying about that before we came on. I'm excited to hear what 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 was the Holy Spirit talk, talking to you about? My new adventure uh, through uh, through learning and through some ministries that we do is uh, is I ask, and I don't get a lot of words, but I get images. Okay. And so the last image when I was saying, okay, what should I see? And I've been I was praying all morning on it and not seeing anything. Uh, and then just before we went on the air, I saw a very vivid image. And the image was a light at the end of a tunnel. And I was like, what does that mean, Lord? And then it was things were being led to it that the light is the journey I've been on. And it's the road. And, uh, and I was trying to find what that was. And I think that was him telling me what we, we could or should maybe talk about that I'm not unique in any way, shape, or form. 
When you mean this, when you mean unique, unique in that you hear his voice or get images or otherwise, or the path. Oh, okay. We're all on the same path, and I think the the image might be that he's the light, and we're all called to the light, but all of us don't know what that means. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So let me let me stop you there for just a second for people who don't who who might think this is a little bit out of this the realm of what they do or what they can do in their lives. Um, you said recently you've been you've been praying more to see what what God has from you what the Holy Spirit has for you. And I thought it was very interesting that you that you got an image, but then you then you then you stepped into it. Then you went ahead and asked the Lord, "What's this about? You know what." What am I supposed to know about this light image that you had? And the Lord actually revealed something more to you. So that's a conversation. That's a conversation. So, so is, that, uh, is that more of how your prayer life looks recently? Yes. That's where my journeys now led me to. In, uh, to give you an example of where it led me to a few years in the past is I was starting to ask, can I have a sign? Is it a sign that I'm on the right path or something? And you, and you weren't, a, no offense to you, but it wasn't like you're, you're walking around with a halo around you all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Not, you just, no halo on this person. You're just a normal guy, right? You, yes. Clearly, you, you, you have that, that mark placed on you, the charism of being a deacon and Christ the servant. But, but even so, you're saying you know, your prayer life didn't look a whole lot different than anybody else's prayer life. But then something has changed. Yeah, over the over the years, um, have always been striving for something. I think, but then allowing the world to get involved, and then then that just doesn't put you doesn't have to put you on a dark path, but puts you on a secular path. Okay. And then all of a sudden, trying to go back to the Lord and seeing different things, and like I say, at one time I said, you know, a sign, and now. For me, a, a sign that has come to me, and it's, I understand, a lot of my signs are not unique signs. They're, they're signs many, many people have, and my, mine is that I will get consecutive numbers. Like, yeah. Lord, show me, am I on the right path? And all of a sudden, I'll, it'll be one, 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 one. You know, 11, 11, I look at the clock and it's at 11, 11, 11. Well, those are not, and it is, if it just happened once, it's no big deal, but it happens to me a lot. So, so when you when you get a number or something like that, is that uh, it's not so much telling you what to do, but confirming something. Is that yeah. correct? Am I listening it's, to you? It's uh, God and the Holy Spirit are just saying, "I'm involved." Okay. They're just letting me know they're involved. Oh, okay, that's way good. Or, or I'll ask left or right, and then I'll say, "I think I should go left," and then I'll get a sign. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's more so of a confirmation <clears throat> of spirit. So we, I, I get that while we're talking, I get the impression of what Jesus was doing, right? He's walking through Galilee. He's walking through Jerusalem, and he's walking a certain way, and he's, he's leading his disciples along the way, left or right. And, and you're willing to, to, to go ahead and say, show me, left or right, huh? Exactly. Uh, finally getting to the point that I just acknowledged where should I be, not where do I want to be. Oh, okay. Um, but still being human and wanting, you know, I have a wife, children, grandchildren. There's things I want. You know, there's, you know, business. You have to go to work to build tents, as Paul would say, to, so that I'm not expecting others to take care of me, but at the same time, 
Lord, if you can make it easier, make it easier, but I think I should do this, what do you think? Oh, okay. So, so what other things, I think that's great confirmation you're talking about, and I certainly would encourage anyone to enter into that type of dialogue with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, okay? Remember Jesus said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, says in John's Gospel, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit so you convict the world in truth, okay? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit isn't gonna lie to us, the evil one lies to us. So, so how, is, how else has the Holy Spirit been convicting you in truth? Been leading you along this way? Well, I think the Holy Spirit and the Lord, uh, a few years ago, uh, I got cancer, and and I was I was ready. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Take me. I'm I'm good with that. Um, but I also had my wife and my children and my grandchildren, and I was like, I really would like to be here. And I, and where should I be with that? Well, I got comfortable in the fact whatever happened would happen. But I also got very comfortable in the fact of, okay, I was told pray with uh, for uh, Archangel Raphael, you know, heal me, take care of me. He, in essence, uh, our, our Angel Raphael is, is, is the angel of healing. Yes. And so um, how did that affect your, how did it affect your demeanor and how you looked at and interacted with treatment for cancer? God bless you, I, I understand it's in remission now. But uh, how did that affect that when you were saying, well, I'm, I'm ready. I have concerns for my, my wife and my family and my grandkids and kids. But how did that affect how you went through that? I think the difference was it gave me the strength to say, I'm going to beat it if it's beatable, and I'm going to give it 100% to give you an example. Even with chemo, even with radiation, I never missed a day of work. I never... That's a, that's, I, I've not been through a treatment like that, but it seems like that would be extraordinary. Uh, doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just because if if you know anything about chemotherapy, it's a, it's a brutal, cruel thing. It's a brutal, cruel thing. Um, and it is what it is, and it's what the medical community seems to think it is. And un and even though I believed in healing and intercessory healing, I didn't I didn't I wasn't as a, affirmed and confirmed as I am now that I was healed because of Jesus, not because of the doctors. Okay. So so you wouldn't. It sounds like if I'm listening to you right, you wouldn't turn to people and say, uh, uh, trust in the Lord, trust in the Holy Spirit, and don't go see your doctor. You'd say, I'm willing to partner with my faith and the doctor to take whatever healing I receive. Absolutely. I would never tell someone not to go. Can we pray for healing and they be healed? Possibly. And does God want to do that? Yes, every day. But does he want us to not allow the person he trained to be a doctor to be a doctor? Absolutely not. Okay. He I, gave them that gift. So I agree <clears throat> to the point I said I'm going to do the most to beat it. So I had surgery, things cut out, things removed. I had chemotherapy and I had radiation. And people are like, well, you don't have to do all those. And I'm like, well, what's my best chance to, to beat this? And they said, well, do all those. And I said, well, do all those. So... I also think you have to allow the material world we live in to interact with our spiritual world because we are in a material world that he created 
for Adam to live in. Well, I love what you're talking about, that, that, that it's, an, it's an integration of both. You know, so many people uh, think, well, I've, uh, if I'm going to be deeply spiritual, I have to give up everything in the world and not live in the world. I have to go off and be a, a, a monk, which is fine if you want to be a monk, but it's, it's, it's not for all of us. But you're saying you, you kind of, that you lived your cancer treatment integrating both, and that, and you're still doing that, I understand. Yes. Okay. So, so what's that like for you now? The, to, to the be able, cancer or no, the to, to integrate both, to, to, be, to be in the world but also with Jesus. You gave us a kind of a hint of it as you were talking about praying today before you came in. What, what about that path you talked about and that light? Well, e even, even this, the, the spiritual path, the diaconate path, the, uh, the action, uh, I, was, I, I was not in that for a while, obviously being ill, and then deciding how to get back into it. Uh, chose to get back into it a little different way, obviously, and you were part of that, uh, that I think now my spirituality is more of a guide and also a mechanism to want to share the Lord more, to want to not just say, take care of me and my family. How can I help take care of what you want me to take care of? Uh, so that's kind of the road you're on. If, if, I was, if, if I was in that other realm, you know, more of the secular realm, more of I, I, I go to church and I pray once in a while and maybe I don't do all the sacraments all the time. Or, but how would you, how would you encourage somebody to, to be where you're at now? To get from get from that worldly way to this way, what would what path would you ask them to to explore? I think what I'm trying to get towards is is um, although the church is critical and a very important part of our role, uh, although to be a monk would be wonderful, but also to be secular is is not the way of God. Find the path, the light that we were talking about. What is your path? And understand that there's going to be some portholes along the way, and you thought that was the light, and you may veer. But when the, when the light goes out and you find out that the evil one was just tricking you, don't be afraid to go back and go forward. So it isn't a path that someone tells you you have to go on. It's a path that you and the Lord decide to figure out on together. So you can be more worldly or more spiritual, and there's not a right way. Mother Teresa, I think, would be a good example, especially when we read her memoirs. She had some very, very dark days because she was so spiritual, if anything was dark, she felt like she wasn't enough. When, when we all know she was more than enough. More than enough. Uh, but on the other hand, the, the, um, the cripple that Jesus converts or, or heals, who doesn't know where to go, well, Jesus just told him to go back and, and work, just go back. So he, you, he didn't have to become an apostle, a disciple, and he didn't have to be the evangelist, just live his life and show his path. His path would show others just because of living a life, a good life. Before we sat down with our tea, uh, you had commented, and, and I think it fits into this, you had commented that that's kind of like the, the road to Emmaus. 
uh, where uh, the two, I'm trying to remember what their names are, the two disciples left Jerusalem and were going to Emmaus and they encountered Christ along the way. How does that fit into your story? Well, I think that's where, uh, here again, I think obviously the Holy Spirit brought that, that to us before this with, with the light that I think we're all on this road and he's talking to us, but we don't know because we're not paying, I shouldn't say we're not paying attention. We're not, we're not locked in. Maybe is a better way to say it. And Jesus didn't tell him, hey, you dummies, I'm Jesus. What are you thinking? He walked with them and he talked with them. Well, he actually, it sounds, that's really great, our perspective. <laughs> he walked with them even as they were going away from Jerusalem. He had, they, they were not on the right path, but he walked with them and he didn't, he, he gave them the choice. Yeah, not only were they not on the right path, they were leaving. They were scared. They thought, oh my God, I'm the next one to be killed. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. Peter's going to go fishing. I'm going to go do what I did. I'm done. But they were also, because of their relationship with our Lord, their minds were open. So they're hearing someone tell them something. They were listening. They didn't realize it was the Lord, but they were listening. And he was giving them the whole story of where he was from the Old Testament to where, not realizing, but then when they broke the bread with him, yeah. and but he didn't even hang around. He's just gone then. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it is. He doesn't have to just be there and be at your side to help you along the way because he knows you're going to be able to do it. So then immediately they went back and, and started evangelizing. What are some of the things, that, the way you're talking about the people going to Emmaus, going the wrong way, and then being brought back because of their encounter with Christ, what are some of the things that, you would, you would, that you've experienced that helps you listen for His voice, to help you listen to His companionship? You talked about numbers for a minute here, and I thought that was great. That you, that you actually trust and you go right or left, depending on what Jesus says. Is there anything else, like if I, if I came to you and we, we, we know each other, but I didn't, we didn't know each other so well, and I came to you and I said, you know, Mark, I, and somebody might do this at your church where you're at, Mark, I, I can tell that you're, you're listening for, for the Lord. What, what can I do to help me with that? Um, was there something that you, uh, that you experienced that has helped you move closer to that? Because it, at one time you said, hey, I, I, was, I was waiting for Jesus to act. I, I, I would intercede, <laughs> wanting him to intercede, but I was waiting for him to act. But you're not, now you're kind of partnering with him. What's that like? I think, I think the thing we've kind of touched on before is where I, where I am now and where I would like to help people get to is we need to realize he's there and wants to be with us. We need to, we need to open our mind to the fact that not only does he hear us, he interacts with us. So now when something happens, and I, I'm very worldly, I mean, because work and things get, you know, it is what it is, but when all of a sudden it seems like, what the heck? I'm like, okay, God, what, what are we doing here? And just ask the question, what are we doing? What's going on? And then shut up for a minute and listen. 
And you may not hear a voice, you may not hear this, but you may have a feeling. Well, okay. Or say, um, I'll give you a real good example of one that this anybody can use. And this is really cool. Okay. When you're wondering what's going on, and I, I oftentimes picture um, a castle or this beautiful place, and that's where God's at, okay? Okay. And, and now when I'm picturing it, and I'm like, I'm feeling dark, and I'm feeling like it's a bad thing. So I'm like, someone kind of led me to this, and I kind of took it to a different angle, so take it for what it is. And I'm like, God, would you please get your vacuum out and clean the darkness out of here? And literally, I'll picture in my mind, and I just did it yesterday. Some things were happening at work, and I'm like, please vacuum this out of here. I don't know what it is, vacuum it out. And I'll picture in my mind a vacuum hose coming out and going over around my office and around whatever. I said, please. Now, is, it, now is this a little, is this a little uh, a cleaner like you go it's up the stairs or vac. it's a shop? Okay. This, is, this has got some suction. It's, that's to great. It. You're not, Lord doesn't fool around no, when he, he doesn't cleans, mess around. cleans You know, um, a better example would be if you've ever had your carpets clean uh-huh. and you see that thing that comes out of the, out of the truck. Uh-huh. And it's sucking the water. Up. Okay. That's what God's like. And then I'm like, okay. And I'll do it with my eyes closed, and I'll be picturing this with my eyes closed, and I'll open my eyes, and I'll literally, the room will be brighter, whiter, and cleaner. And, and, and uh, now, <clears throat> some people would say, well, well uh, is that just, a, just a, you know, a mind trick or whatever? But you're using your imagination in order to pray with God so he can show you where, where, where to go or how to look at something. Well, you're using your imagination and something your mind can understand. Right, right. We were but given it, our imaginations by God. But it is God vacuuming it clean. Yeah, yeah. It you're not is a, literally yeah. God sucking it clean. Because are you seeing it being sucked clean at the same time, or is it like like it's like you see another image after it's been cleaned? I tend to perceive that there's some darkness somewhere, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I close my eyes. Okay. And so you, then I ask the Lord to clean the space. So, so you step out of the space briefly so he can clean No, it. I'm just there. Oh, you're still there. Okay. So, and I'll see the hose. And, so and, and so that's all nice and good, but then, but then what? I think somebody who, who watches this might say, mm. well, that's, that's fine, for, fine for you, Mark, but then what, how does that change the reality that you're in where... It's dark at your work, things aren't going right, people are stressing you out right, left, and every which way. How does that change the reality of where you're at? Well, what, what changes the reality is you've accepted that your reality has God in it. Okay, cool. You, you're not vacuuming it yourself. It's not your vacuum. So this is just a, a way... You know, it's not something I use all the time, but it is something I have seen absolutely work, not just for me, for others. Oh, okay. Um, it's a way to involve God in your life. So I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Christian. I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care who you are. I don't care if, you're, if it's Buddha. I don't care who it is. If you believe that something supernatural above and beyond you can help you, it's a tool. This is something helping you that's removed darkness, which is, you know, what is, what is Satan? What is evil? He's darkness. Yeah. He wants to kill, destroy, and ruin. That's all well, he's about. <clears throat> so we're trying to remove his helpers. So you can take it to many degrees. You can remove darkness and, 
but without thinking that way, without trying to be overly spiritual. This mm -hmm. is just a simple, not really necessarily a spiritual thing. Well, it's, it, don't get me wrong. It sure sounds like it's so integrated with your spirituality that, that, that you're not calling it spiritual, but since it does affect your reality and since it is God working, I, it's hard for me not to call that spiritual. But, but uh, uh, when, you're, when you're talking about uh, leading other people to, to have this integrated life with Christ, um, uh, how, what does that look like for you? What, what does the Lord put on your heart to do in that regard? <clears throat> well, obviously, being Catholic, um, Mary's a critical part of my life. Mary con Mar my conversions were Mary taking me from, from very dark places 25, 30 years ago. Um, so your spirituality, we are so blessed as Catholics, and Catholics don't know it. They just don't know it. They just think that this lady is just Jesus's mom. She's not. <laughs> she's more than that. <laughs> she's, she's, yes, she brought, she brought God to the earth. But we have to, as a Christian, recognize Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, any Christian. Uh, and we have to realize that the beauty of being Catholic is we were the only Christian faith and are the founding Christian faith, so to speak. But the beauty that I have and what integrates that is, I think, is to realize that Raphael is, is an angel that, that's a soldier of God's that's called to help me. Mary is, a, in effect, a soldier of God that came down to bring the word to life, to go steal the keys back from Satan, to unlock everything so that we're all free. And that we can, and that Abraham and everyone can be in heaven. So, I guess to answer that is it. It lets me realize, as a as a Christian Catholic, or a Catholic Christian, however you want to say it, that we have so many gifts that open these windows. But take whatever gift works. Jesus and God don't care what gift you take. Just take the gift to Him. So, whatever is going to lead you to the light, let it lead you to the light. That's great. Well, we're going to take a break for just a couple of minutes, and we'll come back in. And I'd like to talk more with you about how I can see that light more clearly in my life, because I, I can tell you do, and I really like to see that. So we're just going to take a break. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back. We've been here at the St. Joseph's Evangelization Network talking in St. Joseph Radio about about. Uh, with, with Mark Guilford, my, my dear friend, uh, talking about that, that light that the Holy Spirit has shown him and the path that the Holy Spirit has shown him and how he's cooperated with that and how it's even a, a different way than, he, than when he first became a deacon. And one of the things I, I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about is, is what that looks like now in your life. What does it look like to, you said you kind of wanted to evangelize. What's that, what's that look like? I think the change for me has, has become that I don't feel like I have to be of service, meaning 
on the altar, doing this, doing that, and being visual. We have amazing, wonderful men and women that are doing those things. My new, the journey that I guess I've sort of prayed for and where I feel I am is how can I go out as the disciples in the 72 were sent? How can I go out as Jesus sent them out to event, we use the word evangelize, but how were they sent out to expand, to grow the church, to show the light to others? So how are you helping other people encounter that? What does that look like in your life? Well, and um, we have at our parish, and I've moved to this parish from a parish I was at for 35 years, and I've only been here five years and went through cancer and whatnot. So this parish doesn't know me. I mean, everyone else knew me. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I was Deacon Mark. Well, here no one even knows me because for the most part, we're with our family. There's a handful of people at church. Mm -hmm. So it's really a new adventure, and I don't have to worry about what, they thought of me as Deacon Mark on the altar. This is just a guy that's at church. So now I'm involved in Jonah Ministries, Holy Spirit uh, Prayer Group, some of these things. So we're praying together. And yes, I, they know who I am as Deacon Mark, but they don't really know the past part of that. Well, is that, is that good or bad? How does that work for you? I think it's God's new journey for me. Oh, okay. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I was brought here, I'm only 20 miles from where I lived for 35 years to be close to my children and grandchildren, but it's a whole different world, so I'm on a whole different journey. So how that looks for me is that I now have that opportunity to go and evangelize in whatever means God wants me to in this new path. So, so uh, could you share with me uh, how that, how you've been able to do that? Do you have any stories you could share with me where maybe in the recent past? Uh, oh, you mean like at where we just started and the person that was healed last week? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, we're starting to try and evangelize and grow at ICD, the Holy Spirit <clears throat> ministry, through Jonah Prayer Group, which is a healing group, and through Holy Spirit. So we've now taken a new space, and, we're, and uh, it's an old building that we've converted and built a chapel in. And we had our first meeting uh, a week and a half ago and we're going to try and do this where we're going to teach and help people on this path is the hope and we didn't have as many people and I felt kind of I was I just thought it was maybe a failure that we only had seven or eight people there and um, and then what I found was these people wanted to know what the what the journey was going to be and so I'm explaining it we're going through it and I had a couple people from a group that you and I know about that were there with us. And as we went through it, we had a person who I've known who's part of our ministry, and she has had very severe pain uh, from hip issues and back issues for many, many, many years, I understand, and been prayed over with Jonah many, many, many times. And, you know, God takes care of her. Well, we said, let's do some serious healing prayer and intervention. And we did a number of rounds of this, and from going from a feeling of pain of seven or eight. On a scale of 10. On a scale of 10, when she got there, to an almost nothing when she left, but still some pain. And joy, praise, praise God. So then I see her the next week when we're at another uh, Jonah minister, and she says, by the way, I have to share with everybody what happened at this 
uh, at our meeting. And she says, I woke up the next morning and there's been no pain. Well, that's remarkable <clears throat> in that you're able to see it, but also I'm hearing that her testimony is helping her heal. And also, if I'm hearing, listening to you properly, she's talking about Christ. And, and what, she's, what she's sharing is what we were talking about, is this, this journey is that, that the Lord can do anything. He can heal if He wants to. Uh, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you don't have to have healing because I've seen people who maybe weren't healed, but they were, their life was more joyous. So whatever burden they had from their illness was lifted. And in her case, what the most important thing, and I pray for this a lot because of my cancer, is I'll start getting severe pains. And I go, no, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. The pain go away and the pain will go away. And she has the same thing because when we left, we said, remember, we have to pray into what the Lord's given us. And she said, yeah, I woke up. And then when I start getting a pain again, no, I'm healed. The pain go away. She says the pain's going away. So, so <clears throat> for her, this was you know, a documentable injury. This was something that was plaguing her for many years. It wasn't a psychosomatic thing where she had some euphoric experience. It sounds like it's been ongoing and it's lasted but she also has to partner with the healing as opposed to partnering with the pain. Exactly. Okay. And that's, it's ongoing. So, and, and, and how does that, what did it mean for the other people there at the Jonah Ministry Ministry to, uh, event, you know, meeting or whatever? What did it mean for them to hear her story? A lot more people are going to be at the next meeting. Oh, okay. So, 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 uh, sounds like evangelization to me. You know, showing, spreading Jesus, spreading <clears throat> his gospel, and and of course, as you know, uh, uh, and, and, as a, as a clergy, but also as a student of, of the gospels, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God and healed. Sometimes he healed and then proclaimed the kingdom of God. But they they almost always had a two part, and like you said, not always physical, but sometimes emotional peace or whatever. So uh, that's that's great. Is that something that's new for you? Yes. Okay. That's been the journey for the last couple of few years. Okay. Now the ironic thing is, I prayed for these charisms decades ago, and never had them. Okay and prayed for them a great deal. Holy Spirit, what I've prayed, <clears throat> I used to always pray, can I do this, can I do that, or, or um, the, the thing that a lot of Catholics will do, Lord, let me accept the pain of this person, take it away from them. And then the Lord would do that. And I carried a few things that I took from other people, but that was okay, I, was fig I thought that was the cross I was gonna bear. <clears throat> but then this new journey is like, no, the Lord has other ways we can do that. So. Yeah, these charisms would be new, but they're not something I've, I've asked for for decades. But I've, it's just now I'm looking at the new journey, and it's, some things are coming to fruition. Well, it sounds like you've gone to another level from, from, from being a, a suffering servant who takes on the suffering of someone else, which is wonderful, and, and I'm not discounting that at all. Oh, absolutely. But now you've stepped into a partnership with the Lord in order to spe spread His kingdom and also in order to kind of kind of let people know that he's real in their lives. That's, that's evangelization. A absolutely. That's what's, where, where the transition has been, is instead of just praying and interceding to, to help someone and praying to have God intercede and help them, 
now we're not just praying to intercede. We're praying, Lord, show us, show them, show others who you are. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for sharing what's on, you. your, on your heart. And we might come back and do some more talking, okay? Because he, the Lord is working with you. Uh, and, and because you can tell I have white hair, the Lord doesn't care how old you are. Uh, Mark has been a deacon for 18 or 20 years, and, and I for only about uh, five or six. But, but it doesn't take that holy orders. It takes stepping out with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your courage and the courage that the Holy Spirit has shown through you. Uh, would you like to uh, say a prayer with us and, and, and conclude today? I'd love it if you would. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God, Heavenly Father, Abba, Father with us, Lord God, Holy Spirit, may your light descend upon all of those who see this, and may we impart upon them two, three, ten times, whatever gifts you've given us, place them in their hearts so that they may too see the light of Christ and be led to heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Mark. God, God bless, bless you. Thank you.